welcome to the unfinished a talk show that drives youth with raw conversations listen to the unstoppable personalities across the world and get inspired for the betterment to help us building great content by supporting us through the donation link in the description below welcome to the unfinished i hope you're all doing well i'm tina verma and i'm ravi baka your host for the show so we are really fortunate to have with us on the show today Shri Shikha Goel, Additional Commissioner of Police, Crime Scene SIT Hyderabad, and in charge of She Teams and Bharosa Centers in Hyderabad. Shri Shikha Goel has been actively involved in the safety of women and children, and leads many other critical operations. And not to forget that our today's guest, Shri Shikha Goel, has been awarded the President's Police Medal and Indian Police Medal for her meritorious service to the nation. So, congratulate, ma'am. How are you doing today? uh good morning ravi and tina thanks for having me on your show and uh, uh feeling really excited on what's in score for me today wonderful uh, ma'am it's really great to have you on the unfinished and uh, we are excited to take this conversation ahead ravi uh, why don't you begin uh, good morning ma'am uh, thanks for joining us today uh, good morning ravi let's get started so ma'am you have an interesting story from a master's degree in botany from uh, delhi university to becoming an ips officer is quite a leap forward how would you define your own journey so far uh i would say that it has been a very interesting uh, journey for me for uh, several generations delhi university has traditionally been uh, creating more indian bureaucrats than most other universities put together so there was a natural uh, inclination towards botany and hence i chose uh, that as my masters maybe the reason being that my father was uh, in the field of agricultural economics so probably botany was a uh, something which came in the blood uh, but uh, uh, during uh, the course of my studies i finally decided to write uh, the all india service examinations which included uh, the indian forest service and the civil services and uh, i got selected for the indian forest service and in fact joined the indian forest service the indian forest service was quite in tune with my education in a way uh, but in the uh, meantime i also got selected into the indian police service and it was actually to be very frank a very huge struggle to finally decide uh, which service to join and the indian police uh, finally scored uh, for me above the indian forest service not for any other reason but uh, probably only for the reason that uh, i uh, thought that it was more challenging and challenging for the reason because it was quite opposite to my uh, my actual personality i have been a very introvert quiet uh, indoor kind of a person and uh, the indian uh, police service was a completely different uh, ball game and as they say opposites attract uh, the indian police services attracted me and i fin finally jo joined it uh, the entire journey for the last this, i'm into the 26th year of my service in the indian police uh, it has been a learning experience it has been very rewarding in many many ways uh it has helped me in pushing my boundaries constantly uh from the day i joined the service to even today 
every day is an is brings new challenges every day has something new to offer every day uh, pushes me out of my comfort zone to try to do things which i had probably never done before and would haven't done it done if i hadn't joined the service uh, th therefore uh, you know it has required for me to do things uh, which i could have never imagined at all and there hasn't been a dull uh, day so to say in this uh, span of service so it's Wonderful. been ma'am what is your current role as an additional commissioner of police hyderabad uh, crimes and sit and in charge of she teams and bharosa centers in hyderabad uh you know in, in my current position as additional commissioner of police crimes i uh, look at the entire crime state state in the city of hyderabad there's a large set of responsibilities besides assisting the commissioner of police in ensuring investigative correctness promptness and quality in all uh, crimes which are reported in our jurisdiction it also involves overseeing and supervising the works of the investigating officers uh, and to ensure you know preventive strategies are put in place so as to reduce crime in the city and to ensure that if a crime takes place the offender is arrested in the least possible time and the case is uh, sent to the court final so that final uh, judgments or decisions can be made by the court so basically it is supervising the prevention and investigation of the crime in the city in this um, one of uh, you know we very proud to say that most of the major crimes in the city have seen a declining trend in the last couple of years uh, usually as we all know that uh, you know in any society with an increase in population and everything there is a general tendency of crime to increase but because of many preventive and effective steps which we have taken in the city a large number of major crimes for example crimes of dacoity crimes of robbery murders uh, crimes of uh, you know uh, dowry deaths uh, dowry murders all of these have shown a declining trend in the city of hyderabad you know one one of the very major reasons for them has been our initiative of putting the cctvs in the city so uh, the hyderabad city has more than 3 lakh cctvs now and that has had a great uh, deterrent effect uh, we are able to detect most of our cases within you know 24 to 48 hours and therefore we have seen a large there's you know there's a, a, a the offender also feels that they are going to be arrested very soon so that, uh, so that is one thing secondly we have taken very stringent action against repeat offenders or the people who commit offenses again and again we have very effectively used the preventive uh, detention uh, facility for such repeated offenders and which uh, so uh, which also has resulted in a decline in the number of interstate gangs and all which used to move in the city you know people come from the neighboring states and uh, commit offense uh, come here stay here for and then for with the commit a series of offense and then return back to their uh, uh, respective homes uh, in other states 
with these we have been able to catch many of these gangs and then using the uh, their uh, uh, the pd act for preventive detention has also result caused a lot of deterrence and resulted in decline in such kind of uh, offenses uh, in the city so the main type of offenses which we are now seeing on a rise is the cyber offenses which is a very uh, obvious because of the way now we live you know now we are most of us are living uh, in the virtual world to say so we uh, we shop and we eat uh, and we order and we apply for jobs or we look for uh, matrimonial alliances everything whatever you say everything is now shifted to the online and therefore obviously the of the banking everything we do online so obviously the criminal has also now started shifting to that online world so we are seeing an increase in the cyber offenses and now we are uh, taking uh, steps to ensure that uh, you know we can uh, uh, how to uh, control these kind of offenses we have a huge awareness kind of programs which we are going through uh, undertaking and also uh, building capacity of our people i am sure you must have heard of uh, you know some very very uh, uh, important cases that like that uh, online uh, loan app cases i'm sure you must have heard about it yes. which uh, which our cyber crime police detected and it was something uh, which uh, involved thousands of crores of rupees and uh, involved thousands of victims who were being uh, you know uh, lured into this uh, uh, soft small loans uh, especially people who had lost their jobs and were under financial stress uh, during the pandemic and they were being lured by this uh, uh, you know kind of thing and then being harassed and tortured to no extent so you know uh, it it been a very uh, tedious kind of investigation involving uh, uh, we've been uh, then involving all other agencies and uh, we were actually the first one to crack this and similarly before that uh, an online gaming thing again involving certain uh, citizens uh, from uh, other countries who were leading it so that is also uh, we were able to uh, you know bust that also so it is the new areas which we are focusing on besides that as i as the in charge of bharosa and she teams in hyderabad uh safety and security of women and children is a prime focus uh, we want you know hyderabad is considered as one of the safest cities in the country uh, and we would like to ensure that uh, we not only retain this position but we also reach to a such a level that you know each and every uh, person in the city feels absolutely free and safe to move at any point of time so the chi team which is uh, you know tasked with the work of curbing the menace of sexual harassment at work uh, at the public spaces um, and the bharosa center is the basically which looks is a victim assistance center for women and children who are uh, uh you know affected by crime and it has this entire gamut of services which includes the medical the police the legal the counseling the rehabilitation the skilling uh entire thing so it is basically that we help them in their journey through getting justice and on their paths of recovery and getting on with their life so uh, this assignment basically uh 
is uh, something which uh, ensures that uh, all of us uh, can sleep safely at night as well as move safely through during the daytime or night anytime right when we talk about the pandemic are uh, women and children at greater risk of abuse uh, we would like to know uh, your thoughts and opinions as to where we stand today how um, as we as a nation uh, working towards the cause of women and child safety and if you could uh, also talk about the bharosa center and she team initiative which is doing wonders uh, for women in hyderabad uh, see the pandemic has is linked to uh, to the lockdown has had led to many things it has led, led to massive job losses it has led to economic strife and it has also forced to uh, people to live within the closed wall of their house for long periods you know mm -hmm. with personal movements being limited and people being confined to their homes there is definitely a concern of a potential increase in the intimate partner partner violence as well as other forms of violence which happen within the four walls of a uh, of the house not mm -hmm. violence can take various forms it can be physical it can be sexual it can be psychological uh, so uh, while in the city we have seen a very marginal increase in the so called domestic violence cases but we, i definitely agree that there is a huge risk to this and because of which we have taken up various stands as you or you asked about the bharosa and the she team now the bharosa right. center is uh, a center for providing assistance to the victims of violence the women and children so the major things being the rape victims the child victims of sexual abuse and also the domestic violence cases so it mm -hmm. is a it is a center where from the uh, very basic uh, you know from the initial stage when the incident is reported from there the hand holding of the victim takes place till it is uh, till the part when the uh, you know the final thing happens by way of whether it is the decision by the court also i i mean we even go beyond it uh, in the mm -hmm. sense look at the rehabilitation of the victim we see that they develop some skills so that they can move on in life so basically the idea being that the victim you know should be able to come out of this uh, tragedy or the incident which has happened to them and then move on in their lives and so that is the entire holistic thing which happens at the bharosa center uh -huh. as far as the she teams is concerned the she teams is uh, basically looking at uh, women's safety in public spaces and the teams uh, move in incognito with the idea of uh, you know being uh, so that they can just merge and mingle into the crowd and mm -hmm. observe if there are any incidents which are happening and then uh, they uh, you know uh, look at that the, I, the both these uh, the she teams have been able to create a perception of safety you know one it is not uh, it is extremely important if the women perceive that they are safe in a city right. because that you know that is something which gives them uh, the comfort and the courage uh, and the ease to move out of their houses so the our idea is that there should not be any girl or woman who needs to think twice before she wants to move out day or night in the city right. of hyderabad about her safety so that has been our key concern and that has been our guiding uh, principle uh, 
as far as uh, women's safety is concerned. Wonderful. Completely agree with you, ma'am. Uh, in fact, I am a, I myself is a user of a she app from a very long time uh, when I had to travel a lot. So, you know, I would share my locations and everything. So at the end of the day, I had to, I, I realized, okay, I am uh, at least safe. Someone knows my location. Where am I? Yeah. So thanks to the team behind it, ma'am. It's a, it's a wonderful work, a lot of efforts. Uh, ma'am, being a woman uh, yourself, how do you feel about uh, your contributions to uplifting other women in, in need? And not only women, but, you know, all the citizens of our country. At the end of the day, how is the satisfaction? Uh, you know, I just uh, I had just seen one um, a quote from Mary Angelou uh, where, where she said that each time a woman stands up for herself without knowing it possibly, or without claiming it, she actually stands up for all women. And I'm a firm believer in this. So all through my career, I have tried to extend uh, opportunities to my women subordinate, you know, to play important non-stereotyped roles in whatever positions uh, they are placed in. As you all know that, uh, you know, the police has largely been up till now a very uh, dominate one male dominated sort of a uh, service which, which 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 is the which is how it was actually thought of or designed of to meet and therefore gradually we are seeing an increase in the number of women who are coming and then therefore the police has a stereotypic image i mean uh, you know if you uh, it can be for any reason but if uh, if you ask uh, anyone uh, what you what would your what would you like think your police uh, personal look person looks like i'm mm -hmm. sure you would find some if you went after the children they'll probably sketch a picture of uh, somebody mm -hmm. the six foot and looks very macho and you know uh, ready to take on the world kind of a thing Correct. so that is a stereotype which which exists in the society and and accordingly uh, uh initially when the women started coming so it was started so there becomes in the society there you know that you know even if even if once they come into the police uh, even then it is uh, thought that they should be doing uh, jobs which are uh, more uh, gender specific kind right. of thing. so that that means a woman should be looking at only uh, whether they have to uh, take a woman prisoner or uh, you know uh, in an agitation where women agitators are involved and all those kind of things uh, you know, it is it is essential that women have to do that uh, roles for example if tomorrow there is an agitation where women are there or if you have a, a you know if if a woman accused is there or a woman has to be a, a statement of a woman victim is required definitely we need only women to do that that is mandated by law and that is also something which is uh, you know a, a more uh, comforting for a woman or whatever to handle so there is true that we need that but it does not mean that the women officers are only needed for that purpose so mm -hmm. I, I have always tried that uh, whenever uh, I have a woman uh, subordinate working, that they are given equal do, uh, opportunity to do the non-stereotype roles also. So, right. you know, uh, like uh, you're aware that I worked into the um, Central Industrial Security Force, um, and in that, whenever I, in one of uh, in my uh, my assignment, I was also looking after the security of the Delhi Metro. 
and in that uh, we had a large contingent of uh, women force uh, uh, who takes care of the security so i uh, i uh, felt that the girls were being uh, you know uh, at often uh, we also put uh, the women into uh, duties without actually upskilling their uh, skills you know if you want them to perform certain types of duties you need to ensure that they are trained into that and therefore i organized a special uh, unarmed combat training a filipino technique called bikini kali training for those girls so that they can they could work as unarmed commandos guarding the delhi metro and wonderful similar, uh, you know similarly now in the uh, city police uh, in the last recruitment because you are aware that uh, the state we have this uh, 33% reservation now working in the state so we had a large contingent of girls who have joined now in the city police and i was part of the team which ensured that we uh, developed skills of these girls to do all types of jobs which are required to be done in the police station or outside and uh, they were given special trainings and now they have been given jobs so you you would probably at time may see a girl who will be guarding doing a guard duty at the police station outside you might find her uh, moving in the patrol uh, vehicle doing the patrolling duties so uh, basically i have tried to ensure that they get posted in the uni gender role which is very essential uh, uh also all of my women because of their joining uh we have taken special efforts to ensure that the working environment is uh, uh, adequate uh, it is conducive for them to work we've been given posh training to all the girls we've given trainings to posh training also to the male uh, our male officers because it is very essential that there is a healthy atmosphere working atmosphere as i yeah. always say that uh, you know uh, we are not women police officers we are police officers men and male is, male or women is not is is the secondary thing first we are police officers and in addition to uh, what this is basically about my own people who work with me if you talk about the other victims or women which come to us so as i since the beginning of the, my career we've i've tried to see uh, that uh, women are uh, victims are encouraged to come and uh, complain and that they in, uh, you know have an environment where they feel comfortable to come and complain i remember in jammu starting something called a help desk at the police stations and the district police office and uh, and here in uh, hyderabad we are already having the bharosa center etc and then we did very large number of both virtual and physical outreach uh, uh, programs for the girls and the women with the idea to create awareness about their rights and the idea for them to come forward and complain if they feel anything is wrong and for that whatever support they need whether you know one important thing is that they want there should be a confidentiality which we ensure uh, for anybody who comes and complains to us and then we also do this the self defense workshops uh, we have numerous webinars a lot of activities we keep doing ensure that there is lot of awareness and one of the reasons why we also now see an increase in reporting of case cases which i feel is not that there has been a sudden increase in crime against women is because now women are coming forward and, com and complaining about it which is very very important right right 
So, ma'am, uh, this is daily hustle and bustle of uh, police activities which you uh, inculcate uh, in, in stopping crime. But then during pandemic, uh, can you describe the role of police, uh, especially during these uh, uh, extraordinary times and the hurdles faced by police forces and their collective dedication and efforts uh, to handle them successfully? Uh, you know, the pandemic uh, has something which we were not trained for. You know, nobody at in any of the police academy ever trained us in how to handle a pandemic or a medical uh, emergency of this uh, magnitude and nature if it comes to so you know that uh, and i'm sure that is for every uh, most of the people or all citizenry it was something like that so we uh, as the pandemic stuck we were all we just learned on the job uh, kind of a, a thing and uh, you know we were uh, we were on on the front line we immediately responded uh, to the crisis which arose because of this pandemic and uh, you know as you know the role of police uh, in india especially in the times of crisis is usually quite weird and fungible you know so we are asked to all types of activities which we were never trained or ever thought we would be doing it so we were roped in all larger types so i remember that from initially as soon as the pandemic struck we were doing everything from uh, contact tracing to uh, you know uh, ensuring that uh, uh, people uh, got shelter and food uh, so we were uh, ourselves supplying food and uh, shelter coordinating with ngos uh, you know managing the migrant labors uh, you know whether it was providing them food and shelter or whether later when uh, they were allowed to go to man uh, managing and seeing that they got onto the trains and buses which were taking them home uh, so man managing that uh, then um, another important was uh, you know uh, hospital and critical infrastructure protection for including the isolation centers and everything um, then ensuring uh, the supply chain of essential services uh, moves on unhindered uh, you know i remember uh, you know moving around uh, even in ensuring uh, the vegetable markets are in place and uh, uh, when people were going for taking ration there is proper line and social distancing is maintained in all those places so all these uh, things which we uh, which if you see is not very strictly uh, into the domain of a policing thing if you could say but yes it is it is a situation where we were required to do that and we we very much rose to the situation and uh, did it ourselves. And the pan pandemic has not been very easy for us. It is not something which we are trained of. One thing for, you know, just comes to my mind is uh, when we were asked to, uh, you know, suddenly provide security inside the COVID wards uh, at the Gandhi hospital in uh, Hyderabad, which was the main COVID treating hospital. And we needed to provide security and uh, post our men inside the COVID ward. And I remember how within uh, two hours we had to take, you know, we taught our people how to wear a PPE kit and then how to remove it. You know, this is not something which we do. Uh, uh, you know, as a policeman, I am comfortable with my uh, with my pistol. It is in my uh, muscle memory, so I can handle it at any time. Take it out, use it, not use it. I know all the precautions and do's and don'ts of it. But donning a PPE uh, kit and uh, 
you know maintaining that level of uh, you know uh, kind of uh, ensuring that uh, you uh, keep yourself safe while providing security inside a covid ward and all those precautions they are not into our muscle memory as it would be in, a, in the muscle memory of a medical professional so right. you know these are the things which we had to do and we did it and uh, we uh, we did in this case a large number of uh, officers uh, in uh, all ranks of officers suffered from covid in the process because uh, we were at the front line uh, uh, we've lost uh, in the two waves put together we've all, almost lost close to 50 of our colleagues uh, in the pandemic uh, but yes uh, we still collectively continue to fight this invisible enemy and we'll, we'll uh, till uh, till the end not in sight as yet but yes hoping that it would be uh, uh, ending soon for uh, all of us hopefully right. so man uh, um, ma'am since you talked about uh, the crucial role of police during the pandemic uh, what role do citizens have to play in it how do we uh, ensure that uh, everything is in the right place uh, everything is in sync can we maintain that peace in the city uh see uh any activity and policing for specially cannot happen without the support of the community you know the, the, that is why there is this uh, huge concept of uh, community policing so mm -hmm. engagement of the public uh, in the policing job is extremely extremely essential uh, that that is the only way that uh, uh, you know you can ensure uh, uh safety in every sphere for example i just a couple of things for example when we decided that uh, we would be ho having the uh, the cctv coverage in the uh, city now uh, in that uh, the initially it was it was with the support of the community so we introduced the program called nano sahitam wherein um, the community individuals came up and put cctvs uh, in and around their houses and everything with only the understanding that yes if something happens we will be requesting feed from them similarly there is this community cctv concept wherein uh, you know the uh, the business community and all they came forward to put the cctv coverage in their areas whether it was marketplaces and all which uh, 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 uh which you know uh, uh, is something which uh, en encourage their own security we and then we get that feed and we are able to help uh, similarly now uh, uh, we are uh, we have uh, in even in the pandemic uh, uh, we had a lot of community support for various activities we took up uh, in uh, we have this uh, hyderabad city security council which is again a formalized system of uh, the community coming together with the police to take up various various activities for the welfare of the uh, community in, in that we have taken up a program called spree which is basically for women uh, safety and uh, you know help helping women uh, uh, you know a bridge between the community and the police um uh, you all are aware as uh, that ages old thing where we have the peace committees which have been always been existing since uh, you know since probably the police uh, was incep inception of police when the members of the community 
help us to ensure that you know when whether there are any uh, festivities anything that there is communal harmony which is maintained in the community so uh, uh, it is uh, you know and even otherwise uh, uh, whether it is the traffic uh, whether it is uh, the women safe unless and until the community comes in support unless the until the community also plays an important role uh, and the citizen themselves start following the rules and regulations and all it would be very difficult for example if you look at traffic most of the rules and regulations are made for the safety of the individual as well as the other commuters on the uh, on the street so if if people don't follow those traffic rules they not only endanger their own life they endanger the life of others also so uh, involving the community is extremely as is necessary i mean uh, uh, we cannot man each and every house each and every nook and corner each and every inch of the city so mm -hmm. community is our eyes and ears and without them we would not be successful in any of our endeavor right right um just a follow up question uh, is it too early to ask about third wave and if at all uh, uh, police is sensing or governments are sensing third wave what preparation uh, 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 is police making to handle this situation uh see uh, uh it's a, it is uh, something which is uh, you know we don't know and something which we cannot predict on we are now, we we have uh, we, nobody can actually say whether it is going to be there it's not going to be there and when and what but i would say that for anyone whether it is uh, the police or whether it is a citizen or whether it is anyone uh, i think uh, with what we have seen in the first and second wave and the fact that we all accept that the virus is still around it is not uh, left it is not diminished it has not uh, lost its virulence right. so therefore i think uh, caution is definitely very essential so we should everyone uh, heed to the medical advice which talks about wearing a mask uh, maintaining social distancing maintaining hygiene and of course getting ourselves or everybody getting vaccinated so i guess we do should all ensure that we do all of these and uh, uh, at, as far as the police force is concerned you know in the last uh, more than one and one year plus uh, as i said at when it started we were learning on the job because we didn't know how to handle but in the last year or so we have uh, you know sort of uh, prepared ourselves now and we are much better uh, in a much better stage uh, to handle the second wave we were able to handle in a much better and smoother our operations were, or whatever we were required to do much went uh, much more smoothly and i'm sure that uh, god forbid if we still have the next wave uh, uh, we would not be found wanting in anything which is needed to be done right on that note what uh, what message do you pass would like to pass on to the younger generation to contribute towards betterment of society i'm focusing on younger generation because they are the building blocks uh, of the nation moving forward uh, so it is essential that uh, critically someone at your stature uh, have a word or two to uh, say to them i uh, see uh although i am not 
sure how much advices actually work because when i was in school and college none of the advices actually at that age actually stick on to you you keep thinking that you know the best or whatever you right. hear correct or say are the best you always see but i would still uh, uh, still say that uh, you know uh, for any uh, you know uh, individual or any uh, especially the younger people uh, it is uh, a very essential for them to know what they actually want in life you know you need to have a clarity about that and uh, i i for one am not the one who would say that you know uh, you know the, the the old adage that uh, uh, all work and no play makes uh, a jack a dull boy dull boy right <laughs> but i but i also uh, would like to you know extend it to say that um, all uh, play and no work will also make him a useless boy or a girl whatever <laughs> right. it might be i mean we can be gender neutral about that so it is very essential uh, uh, you know to balance uh, things at uh, time it is not only when we talk about work life balance especially for women it's not that i think balance in life is required for each and every individual and uh, so you uh, and then uh, you need to have a goal i I, I and you have to need a uh, have a goal you need to have a dream you need to dare to dream i feel you know a lot of people are you know just go about the things in their life without actually uh, you know uh, trying to see what could be possible and uh, then prepare for it and i, I, I feel that you know uh, there is always uh, individual and also a little more resilience is needed in the younger generation so uh, they get disheartened very easily that if one thing doesn't work out and they suddenly get disheartened so there there is there can there isn't any need for only a plan a there can be a plan b and why we can there can also be a plan b c d so if you don't get this you have another and you know you should have a resilience to move forward and that is extremely essential uh, for the younger generation also uh, this is the, the generation which which has uh, i i feel they're much much smarter than us they have much more uh, easier availability of knowledge and information and uh, uh, therefore there is a need for them to also process what is the kind of information they need and knowledge and uh, and take that knowledge out of it you know you can uh, you can in a way sometimes i feel drown in the world of knowledge uh, information which is available and you just don't know which one actually to pick up and use and which you just forget about it so because you have so much so you are basically spoiled for choice these days so right. so it has to be very essential as an intelligent person to see what what you actually need out of it to swift out uh, you know the spread the shaft from that that's extremely essential um uh, and uh, you know being a woman uh, as far as the girls are concerned i always uh, believe that you know they should aspire for education and financial independence the, the first uh, opens the doors for the second and without these uh, one is never very fully equipped to take on the hardships uh, of which the life may bring in future uh, i have uh, you know seen large number of women who come to us uh, uh, who are facing domestic violence or challenges in their marital life and otherwise and uh, Uh, sadly many of them uh, continue to uh, undergo that abuse 
only because they have nowhere to go they you know they don't want to be a burden on their family parents they don't they don't want to be they don't uh, they don't have, they don't have the uh, required skills to become independent so it is very essential that even i mean i tell everybody it is not that you might be coming from a very financially very sound family but uh, uh, does not mean that you should have an independence and a independence for yourself so that if tomorrow you need something you're not dependent and you can take your own decisions even the hard decisions easily also one should not fall for stereotypes as i said most of us get into that tendency of following into stereotypes whether it is for anything so we and uh, which uh, you know uh, uh you know restricts uh, what we can do so i would say that uh, for everyone male or female uh, you should follow your guts and your inherent uh, motivations and challenge these stereotypes and also try to venture out of your comfort zones uh you know if you believe uh, that any kind of fear is holding you fear in the sense in that you will not be able to do a particular kind of things i think you need to push your boundaries and uh, it reminds me of uh, one of the ads of the soft drink which says which used to say ki dar ke aage jeet hai right <laughs> perfect uh, ma'am your journey is indeed an inspiring one so during these years is there any leadership experience which you would like to share with us uh, uh see uh, for uh, there are numerous things you know uh, leadership uh, per se is uh, something uh, you know uh, the day we join the indian police service the day you get into an assignment i think uh, uh, you uh, you are expected uh, to take uh, decisions you are expected to guide uh, people your subordinates and move on mm-hmm. uh, my leadership uh, you know generally my leadership style is a very collaborative kind of leadership style i have uh, i have i have had no hesitation not only from my training days but even today uh, to uh, you know allow my subordinates and even ask them for their opinions and because in many things i feel our people uh, uh, they have much more experience the wealth of experience which they have at uh, you know uh, are something which uh, uh, which uh, you know I, i may not have at times so i have something in which i really encourage them to speak their mind to uh, talk i ask for their opinions but uh, uh, you know uh, as a leader uh, one of the things which reminds me is uh, uh, you know the you, we all know about the uri attack which took place uh, we are all right. aware right so uh, just near that uh, uh, place where the uri attack took place there was also we had uh, i was in the central industrial security force at that time oh. and i was uh, looking after the security of uh, uh, the uh, csf uh, units which are posted in about in the northern part of the country which included all about eight states of the north including from jnk to up and rajasthan and all those areas uh, everywhere about eight states and uh, so th- when the uri attack took place uh, we had the csf units which were very close to that place which uh, where that attack took place they were basically uh, guarding the uh, the providing security to the power plant in that area and following uh, uh, following uh, this attack 
you know there uh, uh, there was a need that uh, you know uh, to review the security of our own people our own things around that place and to build up the morale of our men who are posted in such difficult and tough terrains so mm -hmm. uh, so i you know uh, it took me uh, a couple a uh, day or so uh, to get permissions and everything uh, with tough negotiations with the higher authorities to approval to travel to that region mm -hmm. and uh, you know finally to be able to uh, travel till that uh, place and uh, meet and interact with my of, uh, with my officers and men and uh, review the security and also build up their morale of uh, going there you know at in a way i can say that uh, the fact, uh, it, although I always say that I'm an officer first, but if you see from their perception, the the thought that uh, woman, truly woman, or lady of the, their woman uh, IG, uh, uh, you know, uh, took all that risk and came and traveled and came to meet them was a real, real boost for them. And the morale of the, uh, the, the boys was really, really increased and they were really happy and, you know, uh, really had an impact on their courage and their conviction on their morale of a senior officer visiting them in uh, this uh, moment where everything was supposed to be a very high risk so i uh, believe that this is uh, where uh, you know just by going there and being with the with them uh, had a very positive impact so it is something which is a very subtle way of uh, you know uh, uh bonding uh, with your people right right wonderful uh thank you so much ma'am uh, for giving us your uh, valuable time and uh, sharing useful insights with all of us and of course the wonderful learnings from your uh, professional and uh, personal experience so far i appreciate your time thanks a lot tina and ravi it has been really uh, nice uh, talking to you uh, both of you uh, thanks for having me Thanks a lot, ma'am. Thanks for uh, being part of our podcast. To help us building great content by supporting us through the donation link in the description.